Yo, what's up? Welcome back. My name is Rob Blonde. This is the Great Date Guy. What's up, Internet? Um, I think I think you and I need to have a quick chat about attraction. What makes someone attractive? Um, now I'm speaking of a general sort of attractiveness, which I would define as you exist, and by existing, you draw people into you. They want to be around you. They want to associate with you. They want you as a part of their lives. They invite you to things, right? They want to go out on dates with you. They want to give you money. Um, so how does that kind of attraction work? And I think that that's fundamental. It's critical. It's the core of um, what we discuss here on this podcast. So uh, I have recently been turning over this idea in my mind like a stone in a river that has suddenly become very polished and smooth because of all the action that it's getting. <laughs> uh, and what I've arrived at is that attractiveness is actually the same as consciousness, self-awareness. Now it's hard to break down exactly into which components um, of consciousness overlap with attractiveness. However, I have begun to see that like in my 20s, I studied a lot of pickup and game. And inside of that, you learn some of the components necessary to imitate an attractive person. You can learn the rules and if you obey the rules for long enough, eventually you'll trick someone into believing that you're an attractive person temporarily, right? As long as you keep up the facade. However, in the long run, that leads to a very deeply unfulfilling means of interacting with people because now you have to follow this template um, that isn't necessarily you in order to maintain any connection at all. So now you're only valued for your mask. You're not valued for who you are. Um, that's fucking devastating, right? So that's not really the solution. That's, but it is step one of the journey, at least for a lot of guys. You know what? Uh, control Z, erase that last part. It's step one of the journey for most of us. We, uh, it's, it's the fake it till you make it phase, right? And as much as I fucking hate that part of the journey, it's necessary, right? It's necessary for us to do, to see that it's possible, and then it's necessary for us to fail at it, to see that, hey, this isn't sustainable. And so that's, that's, that's ground level. Now, when you get past ground level, then we go into level two. And level two is characterized by this sudden awareness. And this sudden awareness is that I have been defined my entire life by rules and designations provided to me by my parents, by my peers, by society, by the media, movies, TV shows, whatever. Uh, these concepts about who I should be. And I've been unconsciously living into these expectations. Um, and those aren't really who I am. So now it becomes a process of discovering who the hell am I? And when we engage in this process, all of a sudden authenticity comes into play. All of a sudden we get emotions, right? Because now we're doing stuff because we want to do stuff and it becomes more fulfilling and we build up momentum. And now we begin to recognize, holy shit, this is the aliveness in life. This is the thing that I was looking for. 
But in opening up that door, right, not only do we become more attractive, but there is this darker side that emerges as well, like, oh shit, now that I've opened myself up to these new risks in life, I'm doing things that I was scared of being judged for before, but now I'm doing them because I want to. Um, I am openly expressing how I feel to other people my beliefs, what my boundaries are. Now there's some backlash. Now there are some connections that are falling apart in my life. Now it's a little bit difficult, right? Now I feel things more strongly because I'm taking more risks. I run the risk of rejection. My life is more alive now, but fuck, it also hurts more. So level two is characterized, I think, by grappling with that dichotomy. Hey, Life used to be like sort of level and even keeled, but just sort of vaguely unsatisfying before. Now, <laughs> now that I've reached the next level, it is more alive, but like shit, I need to recover from my own life sometimes. And a thought that's characterized this stage for me is, um, man, I really wish that I could turn this off sometimes. I really wish I could go back to the way things were just for a little bit. I don't want to spend a lot of time back then, but I do really miss when I was just kind of impervious to everything because I was so numb. Now, let me quickly break down, though, the advantages to this stage, right? Because right now I'm not making it sound like the best thing. <laughs> but the advantages to this stage is that people begin to get a sense of who you are. You go from feeling like a stepward wife, right? Where, or like a very polite secretary or a butler, where who they are is covered up, right? Their actual personality doesn't shine through. Then now, energetically, I can feel who this person is. And because I can feel who this person is, I can decide whether or not I want to trust them, whether or not I am actually attracted to them. And this is a lot to do with the polarization that we discuss on this podcast quite frequently. If there is no polarization, there is no magnetism. Does that make sense? I'm going to say that one more time. If there's no polarization, magnetism doesn't exist. And magnetism is, if nothing else, attraction, right? And so in beginning to take a stand outside of that moderate, neutral, kind of Switzerland sort of position, all of a sudden we attract people to us and we repel other people. And that's what we begin dealing with. But in attracting and repelling, what we are doing is bringing in clients. We're bringing in people, right, that we might want to date or get married to or whatever, right? We might want to just spank them a couple of times and then move on with our lives. I don't know how it goes for you, right? <laughs> but, but sometimes that shows up on my radar. That's something that I want to do. And, and inside of all of that, you can begin to see that this is sort of the beginnings of an effortless life. Because all I have to do at this point is continue to operate as me, as authentically as I can, and that will naturally bring in more business, that will naturally bring in more people to date, right? More resources, more friends, greater connections. And since people are our access to everything in life, right? No matter what you have, if you look around your room right now, someone put in hundreds or thousands of hours in order to get that thing to you. Someone designed it. Someone made it with their hands. Someone operated the machinery, which was then made by other people, right? In order to manufacture the parts that make up what you have. Someone built the home or the apartment that you're in. 
with a crew of other humans. Everything that you have, from your paycheck to your future girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, those are people. That's what it all breaks down into. So if you want to talk advantages, level 2 gives you access to this whole new style of existence. And I would say the biggest advantage of all is a sense that you're living a life that's worth living. Right? Not all the time will it feel like this is perfect. Things are great. They're flowing easily and naturally. But more often than not, as you develop more and more skill, and this is transcending from two to three, you will be able to manage your emotions and deal and process them so that you spend more and more time in that state of flow and enjoyment, gratitude and deep connection and sexiness with other people. And this is where your life will really begin to shine, level three. As you learn to manage your emotional states, you will also gain more and more control over your lifestyle. And as you gain more control of your lifestyle, of course, that offers you more and more freedom. I'm currently at a stage in life where I can basically afford to live wherever I want while I work like maybe five to 10 hours a week. My profession is helping people build the kind of connection and attraction that they want in their lives. It's deeply fulfilling for me, right? But the only way that that's possible, the only way that I have this kind of leverage is because when I show up and when I meet people, I am in the best possible emotional state that I can create for myself and for other people. So we're going to tie this in with a definition of charisma that's popped up before. You might have heard of it. Um, and it's positive, affective presence. When I'm around other people, they get to feel better about themselves, right? No matter what their original disposition, they get to feel better about themselves because my emotional state is contagious. It rubs off on them. And whether or not people are willing to admit it, because there are a lot of us that are not at a stage where we're ready to accept this as the truth. Uh, and it's, you know, as, as with everything else that pops up on this show, it's at best a partial truth. It's access to something that you might not have seen before, but it's not the complete final truth with a capital T. No one has fucking access to that, right? We just have our best stab at it. We have little bits and pieces that we've gathered. And my truth might not be right for you at this stage, right? And it might never be relevant to you. And that's something for you to decide. Does it fit into my life? Okay, so digression aside, circling back to the original point. No matter whether or not people are willing to admit it, emotions are the reason why we exist, right? At least on some level. We seek to feel things about our lives, right? Why do people complain about marriages? Right? Oh, well, it's got a dead bedroom. Oh, I'm not feeling satisfied. Well, if we were to operate as normal, logical creatures, then it would be fine. I have a stable connection with a partner that allows me access to other things in life. I have a house that she helps me pay the mortgage with. Right? We have sex every once in a while. We have kids. Why? Why am I complaining about this thing called marriage? Well, because at a certain point, the emotions inside of any given marriage or union or connection can begin to fade out. And when I have a flat line of a relationship, I'm not feeling things 
that doesn't feel alive to me anymore. And then I feel called to do other things to bring that aliveness back into my life. But make no mistake, that is 100% the reason why we buy things. And I want you to pay attention to this, right? It's the reason why we buy things, right? Some of this stuff, we, we pay it for it because it helps us stay alive. And that's a, probably a, a chunk of what we do. You pay rent in order to not die. You pay for food in order to not starve. You have your electricity and your internet bill. You pay those because they're utilities. But even for those things, we look at them and it's because they help us avoid a specific emotional state. I don't want to feel like I could be homeless at any point in time, right? I don't, I don't want to live in a home where I don't have access to electricity. But why? Technically, I could, right? And it actually probably wouldn't be a problem if I had a normal nine to five job. I could just live in a place without electricity. No big deal. But there's that discomfort, right, of boredom. If I don't have electricity, I can't have internet. I can't have my device, my computer. I can't connect with other people as easily, right? I don't have access to my phone if I don't pay that bill. And so you can begin to see there's a loss of some emotional fulfillment regardless of what it is that we don't spend money on, right? If I'm not spending money on something, I'm missing out on some emotional opportunity. So then we come over to recreational spending, the things that you impulsively buy. Why do we do that? Why do we impulsively date sometimes, right? And it's for the same thing. You may notice a pattern in what it is that you buy. Right? Because it all gets you to the emotional state that you value the most. And for some of you, that's adventure. That's freedom. For some of you, it's a sense of feeling sexy and wanted and desired. Right? So for some of you, it's safety. You spend a lot of money on home security. You spend a lot of money on insurance. Right? And it depends on what is most important to you. But you will spend money based off of your self-expression, what, what matters to you. And by the same token, this is how consciousness is relevant to your business. When you can understand these things, you can also understand why people are signing up for your services, for what you do. And the better you are with emotions ultimately, not only your own, but with other people, right? then since emotions are money, they're basically money, right? Emotions are essentially money at this stage. And I think it's pretty safe to draw that conclusion. Then your ability to be masterful with emotions leads to your ability to be masterful with money. Why are sports a multi-billion dollar industry? Well, because they're naturally sort of like a battleground, a proving ground. There's drama built into everything that happens on the court. People get into fistfights over their team winning and losing. They set things on fire, right? They burn down city blocks. There's a lot of emotion that comes with sports. So it's not an accident. It is not an accident that that's such a huge industry. Why do we spend so much fucking money on art? Why is art so valuable? Because for some of us, when we spot that one painting, it makes us feel something that we just cannot get from anything else. Maybe it moves and inspires us. Maybe it reminds us of a piece of ourselves that we don't want to forget. Because 
we regret who we used to be. But we look at how people spend money on art, and sometimes it's the status symbol thing, right? I want to feel powerful and important, so let me buy this very expensive piece of art. That's part of it too, still emotions. Even though, logically and objectively, it is just paint on a canvas. Emotionally, it represents something that's worth millions of dollars to us sometimes. And when it comes to dating and relationships, when it gets to dating and relationships, the, the, the connection with emotions is even more obvious, right? Because what is attraction besides just feeling very strong emotions for another person, right? Except they're positive emotions instead of hate and fear or whatever, right? That's the only difference. It's still the flow of emotions back and forth between you and this other person. And if you are emotionally blocked, that's not going to happen. That's not an option for you. So that covers off on what I'm aware of about level three. And level four is maybe one of the most critical of all. Level four is when you transcend all of that. Level four is when you recognize that everything is a fucking illusion. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's not important. It does not mean that it's not important. But you recognize that this is something that we create in our own heads. Reality necessarily is something that we create in our own heads. We're not capable of perceiving reality exactly as it is. It's too much information. So we dumb it down. Our brains simplify it. We put things into symbolic representations of what they actually are. And when you can really get that, and Donald Hoffman has a really great uh, couple of interviews on that subject matter if you want to look into that. I recommend the one with Z-Dog MD. But when you can get that your reality is a dream, it's a hallucination, right? It's something that your brain or your mind or your spirit or your soul or your consciousness just creates and interprets. It interprets what reality actually is. And anyone who's done psychedelics can attest to that, right? Your brain is capable of generating photorealistic reality without you. It just depends on how you've chosen to generate that reality. But when you get that, then the urgency of reality begins to fall away. Because it's not real. Because you're fighting for a section of the dream. And the dream is subject to change based off of what you believe about yourself and other people and the world or whatever it is that you're doing. right? It's all so random and arbitrary. It's all an illusion. When you can get that, you don't need a date. You don't need success. And you can still go for it. And I recommend that you do. Life is empty and meaningless without it, right? But when you can get to the fourth level, you begin to understand on the emotional level that none of this actually matters really. Again, not in the sense that it's nihilism. Not in the sense that it's not important. Because your life experience is your life experience. Enjoy it. Live it out to its fullest. But understand that the stakes and the urgency that we put on everything is false. It's not real. If you think about what's important to a child back when they're like, I don't know, like three or four, when they lose their toy, it's the end of the fucking world for them, right? Why? <laughs> <laughs> because they've defined their reality such that when they don't have that object, that toy, that thing, that video game, that doll, then their life is in shambles. It's, it's, it's in ruins. 
And as you grow older, you may have noticed that bar has changed, right? It might have been getting away with having a fake ID and buying alcohol. That was the, it's like the sexy fun thing. It might have been owning a car. It might have been getting your first kiss. It might have been getting laid. It might have been getting an A finally in that class that you care so much about. It might have been getting published. And over time, you begin to see that we create all these arbitrary rules and designations about whether or not we get to be having a good time. When I achieve this thing, then I get to be successful. Otherwise, I'm a loser and I should feel bad about myself. Level four is when all of that gets swept aside. None of it matters. You get that it's all made up. And when you can operate from that space, all of that neediness goes away. And when that neediness is gone, well, then you're even more attractive than ever. Now, are there more levels than four? Probably. <laughs> four is as far as I've gotten with this chain of thoughts and experiences. And if you've gotten further than that, be sure to leave a comment and let me know how that is for you, because that's some next level shit. But understand that at its core, this is how attraction works. Attraction and consciousness are the same, right? Emotions and attraction emotions and money they're the same they overlap they're all deeply interconnected so the more self-aware that you can become and the more you can deal with the consequences of becoming more self-aware the more you will have everything that you used to really treasure and value in your life in abundance so we're going to stop it there. I think that's probably a big enough of a download. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Rob Wong. This is The Great Date Guy, and I appreciate you getting all the way to the end here. That means a lot to me. Now, if you want to do me a solid, be sure to subscribe if you like this content and leave a rating if you really like this content. Let people learn some shit <laughs> about how to operate in their businesses and make more money. Let them learn how to become better at dating. And if there's someone that you think would really enjoy this podcast, I recommend that you share this link and let them know what's up. So yeah, that's it. I will catch you next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Peace.